0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark and joining me, as always, is my co-host...
1: Garrett K. Jones, author extraordinaire.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, well, how are you today? I almost called you Walter. I don't know why. (laughs) You
1: know, I've got that face. I've got the face of
0: a Walter. Um... I don't know. <laughs> my no, no, no. My daughter has a little uh, a friend who goes to our church whose name is Walter. and so I don't know why that popped in my head, but yes. <laughs> Garrett. How are you today, Garrett? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, the, the last
1: weekend, I, I swear, I, I'm pretty sure Mother Nature's been bipolar over here in Central California because mm-hmm. the going into the weekend, we were hitting like n- mid 90s in the temperature scale and uh fahrenheit for those of you who are listening from other parts of the world that use celsius um and uh so we ended up my my son and i ended up crashing out at my parents house which was great because they just live you know half a mile away but uh it as of yesterday the temperature dropped substantially and so now like it was like a high of like 69 today i'm just like where was this just a few days ago (laughs)
0: So I don't know if you can see it on screen. It might be too. Blurry. It's a little blurry. I'm, I'm getting uh, like the the glow reflection from yeah the two yeah. Screens. Um we had hail. I was telling you. we had about uh, not much, but it was enough to cover the cover the ground a little bit with little piece sized hail. Nothing to what we had when I was in Colorado. Living in Colorado, yeah. one time we had uh, we had to bring up the snow plows for oh my gosh. six inches of hail. So, that'll anyway, lead. that it was a lot of hail. Yeah. Yeah. Roofers made a killing out there. Uh, but we're not here. This is not the weather um, podcast. So that would be an interesting podcast. Weather, weather of Star that. Wars. Weather of Star Wars. Is there enough to talk about without Star Wars?
1: Well, uh, there's sand.
0: It's hot. It's coarse and it gets all over the place. Because, yes. It gets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, we're here to do something a little bit different because, you know, everyone likes to play the director or the what-if, especially today. Um, So we're going to kind of do a thought experiment. And so, Garrett, somehow you are, whether it's gifted the money to buy it or (sighs) Kathleen Kennedy comes up to you and says Star Wars is yours
1: oh man
0: that would be her first
1: that would be her last big mistake because it would be the end of Kathleen
0: Kennedy (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) let's let's make some caveats here Um, oh man I have limitations (laughs) yes Unfortunately because All of a sudden I feel like I feel like the genie from Aladdin. <laughs> um I always say the one caveat is you can't change anything that's already happened. That's fair. So like let me like so I know one of the big things that a lot of people say is, oh we they need to they need to just cancel the sequel trilogy. Just get rid of it, make it non-canon. To me, that is just stupid. I mean, it's there. It if exists like it, for better or worse. You know, and not to get off on a little bit of a tangent, but one of the things that I hate when people say, and I don't use the word hate, but a lot, but I dislike it a lot when people will say that whether it be last jedi or rise of skywalker is objectively bad. I don't think anything in film you can honestly say is objectively bad because no matter how many people hate it, for every 10 people that hate hate rise of skywalker, you can find 10 that loved it. So it's subjective. Everything yeah. when it comes to thing is subjective. So you know it's just something we have to live with. Like you said, we have to live with it. It's part of the canon, whether we like it or not. You know, and the people that same thing as the people that say, Oh, it's not Star Wars. Mm, well, I'm sorry, it is. We may not like it. We we may think, you know, whatever we think about it, it's still Star Wars.
1: So yeah. that's that's I, I,
0: my one that's, my, I think that's, one, that's weird. my Yeah, that's my one caveat is you can you can do things to maybe make the sequel trilogy make more sense coming yeah. in the future and to work on that but as far as just getting rid of it that is that's the one caveat anything that came before has to stay.
1: And so, like I said I think a,
0: that Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say so what what were what were some of the things you would do to to whether that be changes, show ideas, um, so focus first, what you're focus on. First and foremost, um,
1: and this might throw some controversy at it, but I the first the first thing I would do is I I would get rid of, I would clean house. I mean okay. that's the, that's the thing that that most new producers or IP handlers do when they come in. Yeah, it's what James Gunn has been doing with DC, um, and for better or for worse it's probably the best thing he can do because he's putting in people that he knows he can work with. Um and I would probably do the same thing. For one, I'm not a, I've never been a big fan of Kathleen Kennedy. Um same and that. since and since um the direction that things have gone, I have not seen her handling the IP as well as it could have been handled. Um okay. I think if Dave Filoni had been handed over the reins, you know, without any Oversight, I think that would have been great. I think having him and John Favreau working in tandem like they had been for the last couple of years would be great. The problem is that has not been the case, and we've had we've had Kathleen Kennedy, you know, kind of pulling on certain strings and and leading uh, creative directions where in the creative side of things in a direction that it shouldn't have gone. So first things first, I'd get rid of her. Um, And I would also never, ever, ever in a million years, hire JJ Abrams again, Um, because that man is a hack. Don't, don't get me wrong. I appreciate the fact that he used a lot of practical effects in both rise of Skywalker and the force awakens that I love because it was, it was, it was a refreshing take based on the you know uh, uh, opposing to the uh, you know green screen heavy prequels. Yeah. That being said, um I the only project I would be eager to keep on on the docket that's currently on on task aside from everything that's already being greenlit is I would yeah. actually only keep the James Mangold pro- project, the the High mm-hmm. Republic stuff that yeah. I would keep. The this new sequel spinoff with Ray gone, um, given the direction that Mandalorian has has gone in uh, as a series, don't need it because okay. all these all these shows in the Mandoverse, all they're doing is filling in a gap. And once the shows have run their course, that's pretty much all we need from them. Like we yeah. don't need a second season of Obi Wan because it because it told the story it needed to tell. Was it a great story? Probably not. Was it great to see Obi- uh, Obi-Wan being played by Ewan McGregor again? abso freaking Um And the scenes between him and uh, and uh, Hayden Christensen as Anakin were spectacular. See Hayden Christensen yeah. in the the Vader suit was amazing. Um, I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Ahsoka. I am a little curious about about the Acolyte. That could be really good. Mm-hmm. Um but I would essentially I would, I would dial back on just the, the constant production of content. I know that that's Disney's, you know, that's the way they operate. Um, but the, the purpose of, of star Wars isn't about quantity. It's about quality. I mean, that's why it took, if you look at each of the trilogies, well, well, the the first I, sh- I should say the prequel in the original trilogy, there is three years between each film. You have 77, 80, and then 83. And then you have 99, 02, 05. There's three years in between giving time for the creation of the process for casting and set design and all that. Now with the prequels, it was really easy to do set design because they just throw up a green screen, have people run through the studio and they edit everything in post anyway, right. but the you know but the thing I, I I do appreciate about George Lucas and the way he did things both in, in those two trilogies is the fact that he was pushing special effects. Yeah, he was pushing the, how groundbreaking they could be, um, yeah. and that was that was cool to see. Um, yeah. And I I think you know looking back at it, there's no other way you could have ma- you could have made the Clone Wars appear on screen the way they did in live action without there being excessive amounts of green screening involved um but i i I would dial back those projects because if because if we want to make star wars as strong as it has been in the past we want to make sure that we're focusing on quality not quantity not just hiring people because they tick off a bunch of boxes for representation but because they actually have the merit to do the job and to do it well and to make sure that uh, whatever it is, whether it's the story, the filmmaking, the editing, the music, the effects, whatever it is that we have the best people in place for the job, people who Mm -hmm. know the content, who know the material, and they're not just trying to push some kind of an agenda. The only agenda we should be pushing is Star Wars at its best.
0: Right, right. So that's
1: that's where I stand with it.
0: All right. Um, I so really like a if lot.
1: Please hire me right now. I'm available. So,
0: so she can fire. So he can fire you.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really beneficial for everyone. Um. So for me, one of the things I would do, i agree with with a lot of what you said. Um. I would. The first thing I would do is I would I would see like what it what other properties not to copy from other properties but look at any other properties that are around that have been successful for a long time and kind of get an idea of what formula they use to be successful and to see if we can use that Mm -hmm. some some similar like marvel for example what has been the formula have made that made marvel popular and such a, a juggernaut for so long i think part of that is that they had an end game Not to use the term, you know, not just the the title of the movie, but they had, they had, yes, yes, (laughs) but they had a an end goal in mind for this is where we're going to, this is where we're going to end up, um, and they had someone at the helm that, Whitney Kevin Feige, who. Was kind of, you know, knew that vision and was able to control that vision. And I think someone like a, like you mentioned, a, um, um, Dave Filoni, uh, would be someone I think in Star Wars that could do that. I would also start focusing, I'd start refocusing on movies because that has been always what Star Wars has been kind of their traditional, thing is movies and they've got away with that with the TV shows which most you know they've been good but I would start focusing on feature films again you know get Star Wars back in theaters because that's yes. where to me that's the memory I have of Star Wars is on the big screen um, so I definitely would start you know working on that Um like you said finding finding directors and writers that know know the property know know the content and are able to take it you know tell good stories and take it into the next generation make star wars for the next generation of uh, of kids growing up something that they can be proud of 30, 20 30 years from now to look back and think you know this was our star wars isn't this amazing like the way we look at the original trilogy
1: oh absolutely we that and, and
0: nostalgia and fondness
1: and we need people, that yeah um yeah. i i'm i'm right there with you john and and mainly because there has been like it's really easy to saturate a market when you're doing something as a series. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, the beauty, the beauty and the simplicity of star Wars is that it came around once in a while. That was what I loved about it before we had all, all the cable channels trying to, you know, TBS and TNT streaming it almost every, every three months or so uh, right. and mar- marathoning it. And I I think it's cool to do that. And I I get, you know, hey, let's marathon it, especially around the beginning of May. That makes sense. Um, Or if there's a new Star Wars movie coming out. But having all these shows coming out every couple of months and, you know, new episodes every single week. Like animated series, that's fine. That works. But having the live action series is is problematic because then it oversaturates the market just like what we're seeing with with the MCU and, and DCEU we're seeing superhero movie fatigue yeah and and i would I, I would hate is especially from fans seeing
0: star wars fatigue yeah it would suck yeah yeah i i agree i definitely agree i definitely agree. i think that Like and especially this idea of one series after another after another after another. You know you know, having having a series and then maybe having a year between it and in between those years, maybe having a movie. And then having a series a couple years after that or another movie, you know, at least having some sort of a break where you're not it's not just Star Wars after Star Wars, you know, which is funny, which is odd, you know, having a Star Wars podcast or like, let's slow down on the Star Wars.
1: And see, the the beauty of doing the movies is the fact that it makes it an event. Yes. See, that was what was so cool about is like when, because I remember when episode nine came out, when, when the, the, the first trailer hit in 1998, that first yeah. Teaser oh, trailer. Yeah. Um, episode, you mean episodes, Was it? Which episode was it? one of The Phantom Menace. Oh, episode one, yeah. Okay. When that first trailer hit, it had only been about a year and a half since they did the special edition re-releases in theaters. Yeah. And I remember sitting there in that theater watching that trailer for the first time and just completely losing my mind because mm-hmm. this was the first New Star Wars movie since 1983. Yes, we had had, you know, we'd had special edition VHS has come out. We had the special editions re released into theaters. Very, very cool stuff. But mm-hmm. there is nothing more awesome than seeing a brand new Star Wars movie on the big screen for the yes. first time. And, and for me, going in and seeing that, waiting in line with my ticket with mm. my best friend to get our seats to make sure that we had a good enough seat was oh, it was okay. there was so much anticipation there's so much anxiety there's so much build up and whatever you have to say about the dialogue and and, and the plot points involving
0: the the politics it was worth the wait because
1: it, it was. was an event.
0: Yeah, I'll, I, I've said the same thing before and I, I kind of, I want to kind of just piggyback on what you just said. That was one of my favorite parts about about this the, the prequel trilogy was waiting in line with yeah. a bunch of Star Wars fans. And I've said this before of different backgrounds, different races, different, you know, whatever, but we're all there to watch Star Wars and you don't get that with the TV show. You're sitting. Yes, it's fun to sit at home with with my wife on the couch and you know watch 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 uh, the Mandalorian or um, Obi Wan, you know w- whatever show we were watching at the time. That's that's fun. That's 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 uh, that's neat. But there's something about being in that theater. And even with the sequel trilogies, I mean, yeah, I I, I fully admit. The I, I will say that I will fully admit as a grown man when I saw when I was watching Rise of Skywalker for the uh, when I went to the theater of Washington Theaters when when it popped up a long time ago in a galaxy far far away I teared up. I did too because and I'm because in my mind I'm thinking well I'll tell you why because I'm looking at that I'm thinking because everyone said this was going to be the last of, of the Skywalker saga. And I said, this is going to be the last time I see this in theaters for the first time. Yeah. Like, they just hit me. I'm like, when I saw when I saw that, I'm just like, this is it. This is the last time. I mean, as far as we knew, but we still don't know if we're ever going to see another saga movie again. But as far as we knew, we were told this is the end of the Skywalker saga. So they just it like hit me as an emotion like, oh, this is it. Am yeah. I going to see Star Wars in theaters again? What what is going on? You know, um, but yeah, it was so, it was yeah, there, it was really intense because like, uh,
1: I I mean, don't get me wrong, there were some scenes that you know, watching them in the moment, I did get choked up, and it wasn't because yeah. they were well written or well acted. It was because they they pushed on a, on a few member berries for me, but yeah, the but getting that experience to sit there and just shovel popcorn into my face yes you know in a crowded theater like the like the um the second i i saw rise of skywalker once in my home theater and then i and i went and saw it again uh christmas eve mm was it christmas day? I can't remember. It was it was christmas night, it was christmas weekend 1990 or not 1999, 2019. And yeah. my wife, my kids, uh, my in-laws, we were all in this theater down in Irvine. It was packed. It was crowded and we caught an we caught an afternoon evening showing on IMAX. This is the first time I'd ever seen a Star Wars movie in IMAX for one. And I I've like I'm just sitting there shoveling popcorn into my mouth. Because I'm like, this is awesome. It's Star Wars as it's meant to be seen because yes. of the scope and how freaking amazing it is. Yeah.
0: I agree. I agree. And, of course, you know, for me, the, the, the heartstring moments were, of course, anything with Carrie Fisher in it. Um, it was just kind of like. And, yes. just, and, th- and, you know, it was the, you know, the what if. Because you knew from what we heard, the original storyline had Leia a lot more in it. Like, yes. that was supposed to be her movie. Um, that was, you know, that was, you know, and to know that, what, what what, could we have gotten if Carrie Fisher was still around? But, um, yeah. And I... When it, honestly, I would take a. If I was given control of Star Wars, I would take a more hands-off role. I would say well, I would. I would tell Dave. to some extent. I I would tell like. They, I would take you know find. A good, core people that know the starting with Dave Filoni, uh, John Favreau would be another one, and then you know, just kind of you know, kind of use them as like, okay, who who do you guys who do you guys know that could be that are, are good. I mean, we've had some really good directors in The Mandalorian. Um uh, yes, that we have, have done and there's there's a good good start for a good core for people that can be kind of a creative head of Lucasfilm to be kind of the creative backbone. Look at those those directors and writers, you know, Dallas Bright, Dallas Bryce Howard, um John Favreau, Dave Filoni, right there. I think that would be like my my Trinity for Star Wars would be right there. Kind of like those would be the three um, that I would be like
1: maybe not Bryce Dallas Howard, although I do like some of the things that she has directed in the show. Yeah. Um uh Rick uh Famuyiwa uh, I'm going to fumble his name. Uh Famuyiwa yeah. um who directed the uh, the the season 3 finale of mando i like mm. i like his directing style it's really good um my i think my biggest beef especially with regards to the way that we've seen in the shows lately is where you have title characters especially established male title characters mm. who have been sidelined in their own series either to promote some other character or group of characters or to, or simply to promote some kind of message and it gets and it's really frustrating I mean we saw that happen with Book of Boba Fett
0: mm-hmm.
1: where Boba spends the majority of his time sleeping in a, in a fish tank alright very little action from him he, he gets sidelined for Fennec Shand which don't get me wrong cool character but she's not the title character Why are we seeing 80% of her and 20% of him? Um, We see that happen in Kenobi where Kenobi is sidelined by an eight-year-old girl who seems to be way more street savvy than she should be. Um, And then, uh, then we saw it happen in, in this last season of Mando, where he's sidelined by a whole number of other Mandalorians, which is, Fine to have more Mandalorians, but when he's the title character, he's billed as the title character, and they flip that script, and they, they f- they're they focusing on some other side character, that becomes mm. frustrating. I mean, yeah. how they feel, you know, Ahsoka started off as being the Ahsoka show, and then it quickly flipped to be focused on some random side character, like a droid, like it becomes yeah. the chopper show all of a sudden. I mean, don't get me wrong, I would watch the heck out of that show. Oh, yeah, yeah. droid is is entirely entertaining. But my my point there is, is if we're going to have a show or even a film focused on a particular character, keep the focus on that particular character. If we're going for ensemble, then we focus on the ensemble. Yeah. Don't shortchange the audience's experience with a character simply because you're trying to push an agenda. Yeah. Right, make yeah. sure that the story matches with what you're trying to put out there. That's yeah, yeah. storytelling,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, well,
1: <laughs> um, there are a couple of characters I would like to see though in Star Wars, okay, added back. In. Um, All
0: right.
1: All right. For one, I mean, we've gotten a few examples of the Faileen. But I would love, love, love to do a standalone film if we could get it done. And I think the best way to do it would be animation at this point, given the cast of characters, but Shadows of the Empire.
0: Ooh. That, that would and be... If, if, we,
1: if we did want to go with a younger cast, all we have to do is cast younger people who look similar enough to play the parts. I mean, yeah. in case in point... Um there have been some references to how um uh uh the character uh oh gosh, what is her name? Um Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven oh. on Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Like she looks very similar uh to how Princess Leia looked at yeah. the age of 19, 19. I know a lot of
0: people also said uh Billy Lord. Uh yeah. Leia's daughter, she's, yeah. I mean, ironically, being Carrie Fisher's daughter, looks a lot. Um, she I she a looks lot the part. Have, yeah. I know a lot of people have said, uh, I can't think of his name, Stan... Uh, oh, uh, Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan. A lot yeah. of people have said he looks, he looks a very lot like Mark, Mark Hamill. Um, yeah, I think he would play a good Mark Hamill for, like, the time period that Mando takes place in. Because he's a little Absolutely. bit older. You know, a lot of people yeah. were kind of hoping that whenever you know Luke showed Luke showed up, that it would have been you know Sebastian Stan.
1: There, are, there because it was fan casting, and and it, yeah. but they already had something in place. My yeah. point is, we like that would be a great story because it because you know we've been doing all the stuff to bridge in between the events of the the various trilogies. Like you've got uh, Rogue One and and Solo bridging some time frame, and, and even Kenobi to a point. Bridging some time frame between uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, and we've yeah. got Mando and Boba Fett and and Ahsoka bridging that space in between um, the, the the original trilogy and the sequels, right? And so there's so much that. But what about in between the yeah. original trilogy? Yeah. Like probably one of the coolest one of the coolest stories I've seen to come out of the current era. Um, is the first volume graphic novel of the Marvel Star Wars uh, set. And uh, the very first volume has Boba Fett being hired by Vader to figure out who the X-Wing fighter pilot was oh. that destroyed Death Star. Yes. And at the very end, Fett shows I've, up. I
0: read that. Oh. And he's that was... talks to
1: Vader, and Vader's like, You've, you found who it is? He's like, yes, I found who it is. And he's like, what's the name? Skywalker and it, as and boba leaves uh, uh, you know very stoked the way he is and the last thing you see is vader's hand grip into a fist and the glass protecting him from the, the void of space cracks because he yes. realizes he's been lied to for the last 20 some years yes <laughs> by so
0: many people palpatine included my favorite, my favorite, not not to get off, but I've read that that the the ones that came before the graphic novels, the one that came before that, my, one of my favorite scenes in that one is when you have a scene where Vader and, or Luke and Vader meet, and Vader's attacking him, uh, Luke's Luke's going after him and saying, "You killed my father," and Vader's responsive. I've killed many fathers. Yeah. You have to be more specific. Yeah. And then he's like, For me, it was like, light- yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like, text lightsabers. Like, where did you get this lightsaber?
1: Yeah. He recognizes it. He, re- he recognizes some of the training. Because, yeah. I mean, because like good warriors, like, like any good fighter worth their salt, they recognize fighting styles and fighting styles are like fingerprints. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why, you know, he can see, it, it, because he knew Kenobi was out there, so he could see Kenobi's training in Luke. Yeah, you know, the, the, when when I mean, we we see it now in hindsight after the after Revenge of the Sith. But I mean, the moment in Reve- in Return of the Jedi when Luke jumps up onto that higher platform and Vader says, "Obi Wan's taught you well." Oh, wow. Yeah, he taught me to go for the high <laughs> ground. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, this has been a fun, fun discussion um, as we kind of wrap things up here with on the high ground. Um, yeah. Well, Garrett, why don't you tell the fine people out there where they can find you at?
1: Yeah, uh, you guys can find me on a couple of different locations. First of all, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at GKJ underscore publishing, where I promote my books. Um, I've got five books out in my ongoing fantasy series, The Archives of the Sync Grand. Uh, You can also connect with those books by going to archivesofthefivekingdoms.com, where you can connect with me. Um, And I promote what I do there uh, with my books and my writing, as well as my YouTube show, which is called The Right Way. Uh, You can find me. uh, You can just search for my channel, GKJ Publishing on YouTube. Uh, The links are uh, should be in the description. And uh, on my show, uh, we do top 10 book recommendations author interviews, creative writing tips. In fact, this coming Saturday, Revenge of the Sixth, I'm going to have Will, Darth Tuba, one of our former co-hosts, on my show to to do his top 10 book recommendations. Yes, they're going to be Star Wars recommendations. Um, There's also going to be an opening crawl akin to Star Wars, as well as some holographic Jedi mumbo jumbo on the green screen. So I'm really looking forward to this. I've been planning this episode for quite a while. Um, ironically, it's mate uh, the, the, uh, the episode is the 25th episode of this season. So it's episode 5.25.
0: Um, so that's, uh, yeah. Awesome. It, yeah. Um, as for us right here, of course, if you want to get a hold of us, the best way to do that is through our email, just email War of the Stars 1 at gmail.com. There's also our Twitter handle. All of our social medias, you can find us under War of the Stars at StarWars.com. Just look for the official War of the Stars logo. Um, You can check us out wherever fine podcasts are heard. We're on Spotify. um, Pretty much everywhere. Just search War of the Stars. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we're there. We're there. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Got a quick quick shout out to everyone who's been listening to the show uh who has listened let me just say that anytime i hear someone whether i'm out no matter where i'm at and i see someone like tell me hey i listen to your show whether it be in person on the internet wherever it's really really humbling and really it's it's so cool that people actually listen to the to the silly little show that we do um uh, with that being said, next week is our anniversary show, our six-year anniversary. We got some special guests planned. Uh, we're going to be live streaming that. We don't know how long. We're still kind of working on how long we're going to do it. Um, we had big plans initially, but we're old <laughs> and well, old-ish, mm-hmm. old-ish. Um, but we got some big, big things planned. We're going to be a live stream. So hope you all join us in the chat. Uh, like I said, some special guests, and blasts from the past. If you've been watching or listening to War of the Stars since the beginning, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, again, let me just say this. Next Saturday, if you're in the Indianapolis area and you're going to be attending Indiana Comic Con, I will be there along with my daughter and my other co-host on my other show, Star Wars the Eyes of a Child. Check it out on YouTube. What date is that That con? Uh, May. Is it May,
1: May 6th? May 6th. Yeah. Well, Hey, just so you guys are aware, that is also the day of free comic book day for those of yes. you local to the Kings County area. That's Kings County, California. Um, as opposed to, you know, Kings County, Washington, which is a real place. Um, <laughs> uh, I will be down at DJ's collectibles. Uh, the shop owner, Jason, he and a bunch of his guys are part of the local chapter of the 501st, Vader's Fist. Uh so they're gonna be out there. There's gonna be a lot of cool stuff. I'll be vending my books. So come on down if you're if awesome. you're local.
0: definitely, definitely, definitely chat. Like I said, if you're in the indie area, uh see if you can, you know, find us, just look for the uh most adorable little Darth Vader you've ever seen. <laughs> um that's gonna be such a fun, be a fun weekend for you. It is. It is. The uh, the entire, uh, most of the cast of Clone Wars are going to be there. I know Ashley's going to be there. Matt Lanter's going to be there. Um, Dee Bradley Baker. Dee Bradley D. Baker. The main character. Yeah, <laughs> uh, of the Clone Wars. And then um, Obi-Wan.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I, I can never remember. Uh, James. James, yeah. Oh crud! That's gonna kill me. It's
0: another. It's another three. Three name. Three like use. James Arnold Taylor. James What's Arnold that? Taylor. James Arnold Taylor. Yeah, oh. uh, they're all gonna be. They're all gonna be there. They're gonna be doing a a panel, uh, which we're gonna definitely check that check out.
1: That's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, it is. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a lot a lot of fun. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, and with that being said. Remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. This is the way.